You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Dan Flanagan. Dan, are you with us? I am here. We have Dan over the phone instead of in studio today, as he is in Jacksonville, Florida, where he lives, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But let's pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about the band Bad Horse, which I was lucky enough to be a member of. And last week, we had heard the theme to a horror movie that we had done together, and it was really fun to listen to. I'd like to just start the show off by listening to something else by Bad Horse, Maybe that was not written by you or me. What do you suggest, Dan? Um, well, let's see. Um, well, I mean, everything was written by me or you in that band. Well, what about Christopher Mim? Well, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You mean the, the, the cover song. I tried to make that transition smooth. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and I completely fucked it up. So. That's, to- that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Okay, well... Hey, me. Uh, no, no problem. I'm keeping this in. I don't care. I'm tired of editing. Let's just keep. Let's keep rolling with it. It's natural. It's real. Okay, that's right. Punk what, rock, man. What, what do we got? What do we got to listen to? Well, we have two songs. There's one called, uh, which is the greatest title of a song ever. It's called "A Rockin', A Rollin', All the Way A Ramblin'." A rockin', a rollin', all the way a ramblin'. Let's listen to that. All right, sounds good. And one, two, one, two. I remember. I remember that. That's great. It's been a long time since I've heard it, actually. And now explain who wrote that one more time uh, for for our listeners who weren't paying attention last week. It's my understanding that uh, in the those early Christopher Mim films uh, that he wrote uh, and recorded with a band that he had those songs in the film. And in those in those films, I mean, the, the songs are very slow and very they're fun. 
I mean, they're funny as hell in the movie. Um, but we kind of took them and kind of sped them up a little bit and or just gave it our own little bad horse flavor. Yeah, we did. And, and they were really enjoyable. I mean, our, our versions were better than his, if you ask me. I mean, uh, I and thought... you agreed. They, they were very vital and, and bombastic and cool. And I, I loved playing them live. They were great to play live. Christopher Mim, you know, we did something else for him. We worked on a movie called The Giant Spider. Remember that? I do. And there was a little piece that we did. I played guitar on you. You wrote the whole thing. I just kind of played, you know, you pointed and said, do this. And, and I just played it. I, I didn't really have much to do with the mechanics of the song, but it was kind of a fun recording, as I recall. And then there was a premiere for the movie. We were invited to go out to, I think it was Utah, but we never made it out there for the premiere. For the late night double feature that was in, it's actually in uh, Minneapolis. I was actually, I made it out uh, for that premiere. You did make it out. Yeah, I went out. Nobody else was able to make it, but I did go out and saw the premiere of the movie, and it got a great reception. And the song at the end got a really good reception as well, so that was cool. And you got to meet the director. Yes, finally met him after, you know, kind of email contact for, you know, a long time. Met the director, met the cast, met all the people. It was it was cool. What was um, the other Christopher Mim song that we recorded? Well, we recorded Paddling as well. Oh, Paddling. Let's listen to that. I haven't heard that in ages. Can we play that? Okay, I remember that too. 
I remember that too. We got, you know, you're so diverse here, Dan. We got so much to go into. Before we go any further, I just want to mention something, just my own observation. And, you know, I've always kind of seen you as kind of a punk rocker. I realize all the other things you've done, very diverse, but you've always had a punk sensibility about the way you've approached your music and particularly your vocals. Uh, I don't want to insult you or anything, but compared to that image of how you're singing and how you're presenting your music, you're kind of a boring guy, right? Yeah, kind of just a normal dude, man. I mean, you don't drink much, you don't smoke, you don't have a whole lot of bad habits that I know about, and, you know, you stay in with your girlfriend and watch movies, and you're just an ordinary average guy in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a weirdo. Um, The only vice that I really have is uh, comics and action figures, you know. I saw your room one time when you lived in Red Hook, New York, and it was just filled with all this kitschy comic book stuff, and it was just amazing. I mean, there was it was overflowing everywhere on every shelf. I was tripping over figurines of, like, the Joker, and you had this one awesome Jaws model. It was the model of the Orca, the ship that went after the shark, and Jaws is jumping up out of the water onto the boat, and this is like a model... I love that thing. You still have that, Dan? Oh yeah, yep, still have it. I'm actually, I'm actually in my what is my, you know, studio slash geek room right now. Um, so I'm staring at all my crap right now. <laughs> so you were in another incarnation of Dan Flanagan called Big Dan. Now, originally, correct me if I'm wrong. Originally, it was Big Dan and the Blind Sasquatch. Isn't that right? Tell me a little bit about that, and, and why did you drop the blind Sasquatch and just become Big Dan? Well, Big Dan and the blind Sasquatch, um, I had played music for years uh, with my buddy Joe, uh, Joe Genovese. And, I mean, we're talking from high school. I mean, we had old bands called, like, Absolutely Jonathan in high school and stuff. Um, and, and over the years, we played music together, him and I, um, in various incantations. He was the guitar player and 100% used. Uh, which was right before Bad Horse. What happened was when Sean, the bass player of Bad Horse, when we had to kind of go on hiatus for a little while because his son was born, so we had to kind of go on hiatus, and I was like, ah, I need something to do musically. I started playing with Joe a little bit. Um, so we started this thing, and we said, well, you know, we don't want to do anything serious. We just want to play some covers and whatever. But we decided that what we would do is we were going to do acoustic versions of old-school hip-hop songs. And that's what we were going to do. It was going to be me, him, and a drum machine. And we were just going to do acoustic versions of old-school hip-hop songs. Um, And we're talking, like, everything from just playing the acoustic guitar in the way it is on that old-school hip-hop song, and I would rap over it, to we took Ice-T's Colors and made it into an Irish drinking song where I actually sang the whole thing. You know? (laughs) So it was a very weird, weird group. And it was one of those things we'd go out and play shows and people would be like, I know this song, but I don't know what it is. Right. You know, because they just, it would take like two minutes and they'd be like, oh my God, that's that. You know. Was the blind Um, Sasquatch in fact blind? It was, in fact. Uh, This was one of the rare situations where I was in two different bands with two different blind guitar players. Wow. I mean, what are the chances of that? What are the freaking odds, right? I know. I Um, know. It's just crazy. Big Dan, you you then became Big Dan on your own. How how come? Did did the blind Sasquatch, you know, get killed in a mineshaft explosion or what what went down? No, he's perfectly fine. Okay, good. Perfectly fine. 
Uh, Blind Sasquatch is, is still a-okay. Uh, again, Sean was still doing hiatus stuff, and then actually Joe, the Blind Sasquatch, had stuff that he had to take care of too, and I was left in this void of not music. A blind Sasquatch's um, job is never done. Right, right. You and I had had taken actually the time to do some like writing and cover stuff, and, like learned a lot of covers and things. So we were doing that, but then I was I was kind of writing on my own. Since I was a little kid, my first love was musically. My first true love was was hip hop. Um, in like 1984 and 1983 and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm finally going to start writing stuff. You know, I'm going I'm I'm to do this. So I started writing these songs um, that were all utterly ridiculous, very uh, geek and horror movie influenced and other uh, type things. You had a song called Serial um, Killer, I remember, and it, and it was about literally uh, a killer that was going around killing the characters on cereal boxes. Yes. Yeah, that that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I love it though. I love it. Like the tricks, rabbit got got his in the end, and uh, a a bunch of those classic characters. Yeah, that was that was a fun one to write, and just you know all those things. And again, like my my horror movie stuff, you know, and my love. I was I'm a big like Godzilla geek, right? So like my love for Godzilla uh, came into these songs and stuff because um, I have one song called Big Dan versus Mecha Big Dan. Yeah, I love that one. And that's you know that's a fun tune. Um, and, and, and other things like that. What's the name of the album that came from? Sick Brain. Sick Brain, that's right. That's a great album, by the way. I love that album. I have to pay you a compliment. You're, you're a really good harmonica player, and you weren't just the singer in Bad Horse. You were also the harmonica player. Did you play harmonica with Big Dan and the Blind Sasquatch or in other incarnations of Dan Flanagan music? Yeah, pretty much um, since high school I've been playing harmonica. In almost every band that I've been in, there's been some type of harmonica playing. Um, even in Big Dan and the Blind Sasquatch, there was like harmonica work and stuff, depending upon the song. Well, we definitely have to hear something off of Big Dan's album, Sick Brain. My personal favorite, you happen to mention, Big Dan versus Mega Big Dan. Can we listen to that? Sure, absolutely. All right, guys, take a listen to this. You're not going to believe it. This is Tanel Himes of WAFR Television reporting live from the waterfront in Poughkeepsie, New York, where there are currently some very strange events taking place. Approximately one hour ago, a large humanoid robot emerged from the Hudson River, the origins of which have yet to be determined. The authorities have sent in local hip-hop artist Big Dan to try to initiate contact, as the robot seems to be a mechanical replica of him. Wait, let's, let's, let's take a look. It seems as though communication is about to begin. You come from a distant planet, stranded mechanic, inorganic. Have you come to help society? That's why you're designed to look like me. Dan, you misunderstand. Our plan is a big command. The humans will try to withstand total annihilation of man. You think cybernetic microchips will bring forth the apocalypse? Only Big Dan is the king of this. Exodus breaks the pieces. Cannot compute. Linguistic style is too acute. Must troubleshoot to conclude on how to substitute electrocute. Like a perfect ignition when I'm spitting, you're spitting MCs or wishing. Cause when I'm fishing, I bite from New York to down south. But there's a bite and get a hook in the mouth. So make a big den, you ain't shit to me. You ain't fit to flip the script and out with me. Hex effects with no remorse. Complex text will wipe out your motherboard. Big Dan, don't be so righteous. Must download the human virus. Render all humans mindless. Earth, you know, is now behind us. 001, 001, 0001, 0001. The robot uprise has begun. Again, this is Tanel Himes reporting live from Tiffany, New 
York, where the situation has become very hostile. If you are now just tuning in, a large robot being referred to as Mecha Big Dan has risen from the Hudson River and is leveling the city with what appears to be laser beams from its eyes. Oh, oh God! Other robots are now emerging from the river. I cannot believe what I'm seeing, ladies and gentlemen. Worldwide military forces are having no effect on this monster. It would seem Big Dan is our only hope. Mind has gained control, you've been raised as lost in soul. World's inhabitants enslaved, I now control how they behave. Natural order is the past, destroyed by highly toxic gas. Big Dan, you are the last to feel the foodies counter blast. Your skin titanium, blood uranium, can't defeat this instant cranium. In the stadium, you won't fathom the fierce flotsam, rectum, rectum, interjects them. Wisdom serpent spitting venom, rhythm schism, antagonism, turn mechanical cataclysm, synthetic. Cannibalism, terrorism to organisms Lyrical spyware, cyborg nightmare Wars declared, you're unaware No chance of repair Robots running scared Plans of compress transform into firmware Your cyborg army deceived defeat As blood and wreckage fills the streets Make a big damn, you're decimated Human race underestimated Incapacitated, decapitated Abominations terminated Casualties are vaccinated All computers annihilated this is Tanel Heim, still reporting live from Poughkeepsie, New York, where we are finally able to breathe a sigh of relief after Mecha Big Dan has been taken down by the hip-hop arsenal of Big Dan and the world has re-established peace again. Tanel Himes from WAFR, signing out. Wow. What I love about that, because you were a true Hudson Valley musician, is you use the Hudson Valley in the song. You know, you got the Hudson River in there and Poughkeepsie, New York, and that's just so cool. Yeah, it was fun, man. We had, I had my buddy uh, Tanel come in and, and do the uh, the newscaster voice over stuff, and um, and it was a really you know it was it was just a fun time uh, to be able to robot myself in the song and <laughs> and just go overboard, you know. Well, overboard you went, and I'm so happy you did. That's just part of your creative style, and I love it. I love it. I love it all. Moving on, though, to some of the newer things that you're working on. First, let's just touch on why you left the Hudson Valley, if you don't mind telling our listeners what exactly happened. And you live in Jacksonville, Florida. That's quite a departure. Why'd you leave? Well, we had some friends down here. Not that we didn't have friends in the Hudson Valley, um, but it wasn't just a random spot. Um, you know, we had come to visit people down here previous, so we kind of knew the area a little bit. But the last winter... Uh, that we were in the Hudson Valley was brutal. I'm sure you remember. It was the winter of uh, 2013. Um, I remember it well. It was absolutely brutal. Snow everywhere. And just, we had like three different times where we couldn't get ourselves shoveled out and, you know, whatever. And, and you know, oil bills and, and all this stuff. It, it's just, it was over, over the top, over the top. I was done with snow. I was done with shoveling. I was done with driving in it. I was done with all of it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't done with the music. I loved, you know, playing with everybody. But it was also a situation where, as, as you well know, um, at that particular time, musically in the Hudson Valley, we were in a, what, what I call a DJ karaoke cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Where all gigging bars were not getting live bands. They were just paying karaoke people or DJs at that time, uh, which, was a, which was unfortunate. Um, it was unfortunate. And it was tough, man. It, 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 was, it was tough getting gigs. It was tough consistently keeping gigs. And then on top of just, just I was tired of snow and, 
and just needed it needed a change. Yeah, we we used to um, talk about that all the time. The difficulty of playing music in the Hudson Valley. I'm often heard saying that if you can be a musician in the Hudson Valley, you're the toughest musician on earth. You can play anywhere, and it's just going to seem like cake because it's really tough around here. And since you left. The DJs and karaoke's have kind of turned into open mic nights. That's what's going on around here. Gotcha. You know, you, you've got a built-in audience that are performers as well, and everybody's obliged to stay and listen to each other, and it's great for club owners because they don't have to pay anybody. So it lowballs legitimate musicians like you and me. Right. Yeah, man, that's, that's rough. It's rough out there. So what's the scene like down there in Jacksonville, Florida? I know you have a new band, or it's not so new anymore, but you've been working with your band, Five Cent Psychiatrist. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, been with, um, started this band in 2000 and, ooh, 2015, actually. Um, started as just an acoustic duo, um, and then kind of morphed into a full band, which was for the better. I mean, the, but the duo thing, we did well, but it was... It, it was definitely needed those other elements of drums and bass. Jacksonville's an interesting place. It's one, it's the, you know, Jacksonville's the largest city on the East Coast. It's gigantic. Is that liter literally true? Literally, it is true. It's the largest city on the East Coast. I never knew that. It's the largest city on the East Coast. Now, the problem is, let, you know, the way Jacksonville is set up is you've got a, the city proper, and you've got all these little outlying little out areas. Now, in the Hudson Valley, each little section would just be a town, right? Yeah. Because, like, here, it's just all under Jacksonville. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, like, I live in what's called the Mandarin section of town, and it's just, it's just, it's a full town. But it's just a part of Jacksonville. So Jacksonville playing live is interesting because to get people to different areas that aren't their own area is very tough. Yeah. Um, it's not like, like, I'm, I mean, we were used to the Hudson Valley where, like, you know, people from Poughkeepsie would drive to Kingston to go see a show. That doesn't really happen as much here, so it's tough. It's it's a tough it's a tough place to to get people consistently out for gigs. Um, we're starting to gain a momentum finally, and so starting to get our name out there, where people are starting to come out to the shows and things here uh, to come see us. So it's good, you know. So that helps. Yeah, that definitely helps. And knowing you, you'll just keep plugging away until something happens. Uh, that's just right. your style. You're one of these guys that just never give up. I love that about you. And and you shouldn't because you got something that's very unique, very much your own, and something that's really good. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't have been able to stick around for two years. I, w I would have played in Bad Horse even longer, but you, you skipped town. Sorry, man. That, that's all right. It's totally understood. It takes a brave man to leave the Hudson Valley, and, and you did that. So, Five Cent Psychiatrist, is there anything that we can hear from that band? Yeah, absolutely. They were both songs um, that were originally intended for Bad Horse, that we just never really, either we didn't get to record it, or we didn't finish the song. So, like, one is A Day in the Life, which we did play out. I remember that. Sometimes, right? So that we, we actually ended up taking that in Five Cent Psychiatrist, kind of adding other, other elements and kind of making it our own. And also, the other one is Lycanthropy. L what's it called? Oh, Lycanthropy, which originally I think we had written together. I, I wrote right. the, the music, you wrote the lyrics. Is that music still intact, or did you just change the music around? I think it, it has a similar tone. Our guitar player was not at, in Five Cent Psychiatrist. He's not quite as intricate a player as you are. Mm -hmm. um, 
we'll, we'll call it that. Okay. He's the first, and he's he's the first to admit it. Um, ah. So I I kind of took it and, for lack of a better term, I took the song and kind of dumbed it down a little bit, if you will. You know, okay. and then we wrote a whole situation around it. The, the recording of Lycanthropy is quite fun because it actually has like samples from from werewolf movies and stuff in it. It's really quite fun. Wow. Now it's not technically co-written by me, then. No, not technically. Although you're definitely there in heart. I'm there in heart. Well, because of that, I'd really love to hear it because I've never heard it. I know the version that we had that I don't remember we ever played live or not. I don't think we did. Oh, we didn't. Kind of in the beginning stages of putting it together. But I'd love to hear the final expression of lycanthropy. But lycanthropy, for any of our listeners that don't know, is all things werewolves, right? Correct. It's, it's werewolfism. Yep. Werewolfism. Well, let's check that out. I'm very curious. Is bitten by a werewolf and lives, becomes a werewolf himself.
Well, I totally approve, Dan. I totally approve. Had I played on it, it, it probably would have ended up being very different, and I can't see it turning out quite as good because I don't know who would have done all those werewolf samples um, live. So what's next for Big Dan? Well, next up, um, we actually, Five Cent Psychiatrist, we just this past weekend started recording drum track for our third uh, album release. So starting to do that, we got eight songs uh, on the way. So should be out, I'm hoping, by like mid-July uh, is the hopes. You, this will be your third album with Five Cent Psychiatrist? Correct. In what, two years, three years? In three years, yeah. We've done, we've done one, one a year, essentially. Well, that's very prolific. Very prolific. That's one thing about you I always took note of is you had tons of songs and you were continually writing and changing things and making new incarnations of your music. Really means a lot to me, Dan, that you spent time with us on the podcast today and you were able to explain the many facets of your music on the Rick C Show. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's been it's always nice to talk to you, man. I always like catching up. Same here. Uh, with Rick Z, a.k.a. Vinyl. AKA vinyl. And when you come back up to this area, I'd love to get together, maybe play some music. Let's do that. I definitely would love to get together and uh, play some old Bad Horse songs. Maybe get some like really like low uh, quality, awesome phone recordings of them. Just so we have some. Just so we have some. So let's take the show out with another song by Five Cent Psychiatrist, one that I used to play in Bad Horse called Day in the Life. Dan, thanks again for being on the show, man. No problem, man. Anytime. great sounds a little different than i remember playing it but it's a great song a great song is a great song no matter how you slice it 
You've been listening to The Rick Z Show, produced and engineered by Rusty Johnson. Come on back next week for another fun-filled episode. Thank you.